Hi, and welcome to Toby and Friends, the virtual campfire for knowledge sharing. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Sadly, Confucius never had a podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to share knowledge with friends. No agenda, no sponsors, just coming up with solutions to the most pressing problems of our modern times. Do you have a question for Toby or his guests? Email tobyrookard at substack.com or put your question in the comments. Now, welcome to Toby and Friends. Yeah, hi, Andreas. How are you? Hi. Hi, Toby. Fine, fine. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Good to see you. So for the listeners, just a quick introduction how we met. Um, we met at a family office event last year in Zurich. And um, the dis topic of the discussion was intellectual property for finance. Mm -hmm. And I found that uh, super, super interesting. Uh, I, as you know, I'm an inventor myself. I have filed uh, 20 patents, but um, learning, you know, what it means for the financial industry at large and particularly in those days, um, I would love to hear a little bit more uh, from you, Andreas, because I, I found out that uh, you know a thing or two about, about patents, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I can uh, introduce uh, me as well a bit. So a little sure. bit of my background, but uh, very briefly. So I studied chemical engineering in uh, in Germany in Stuttgart, and after then I went to the Fraunhofer Society, which is one of the biggest research centers in uh, Europe. And um, yeah, I stepped in into the innovation business, innovation development searching for new products for companies. And if you're discussing about innovation, then of course, intellectual property rights is uh, one of the most important topics that you have to look at. And um, yeah, after a few years there, um, I decided with my uh, former colleague, Oliver, uh, to make an own business. And uh, therefore we um, formed Intracom, Intracom based in, in Bonn in Germany. And uh, we provided services and then started as well developing our own software for patent valuation. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we finalized um, that method in the year 2013. And after that, we started to, yeah, to find uh, vendors to partner with different partners. And uh, yeah, so we stepped into many different um, yeah, areas, which we never dreamed uh, of before, to be honest. Yep, I can imagine. So <clears throat> actually, uh, I, I can remember that uh, the Fraunhofer Institute is responsible for the MP3 development. So I guess, you know, your, your history back there has has uh, probably carried forward the, the algorithms that you now use for your for your patent journey. But actually, my interest is um, a bit more personal. So many years ago, when one of my investors told me, uh, Toby, I want to see how tangible your business is. Um, this was literally right after I had gotten granted my 10th patent. And I thought, this is a problem if an investor who just invested in my business doesn't understand about the value of patents in terms of being considered intangibles. And he asks me, what is tangible? I mean, everybody can look at numbers. And you see where, where numbers have brought us today. Um, we're, we, we're literally in the week after UBS took over Credit Suisse. Um, you know, we don't know what happens next. So <laughs> I would consider these numbers that might have looked great uh, for well over 100 years to be very intangible. <laughs> Say it like that. 
Um, and so, so I'm, I'm always wondering why is intellectual property considered an intangible and not a tangible asset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're completely right. And that's a really good question. I mean, um, I remember in my days when they say, when their saying was for something which is completely safe, oh, he's like a bank, yeah, or something like this, yeah. And nowadays, you can see that the bank is a, a very risky, uh, uh, yeah, corporate, uh, um, yeah, a very risky action, yeah, in the market at the end of the day. Well, how, why are they called it intangible? I mean, intangible it is because at the end of the day, it's an idea, yeah, which is then transformed into a right, yeah, a right of monopoly that only you are allowed for a certain time uh, to use this. So this is nothing, let's say, built out of steel or concrete, yeah, or it's a building you can see, um, but um, it's an idea, yeah, but everything started with the idea yeah and uh, with no ideas uh, we would always uh, do the same things yeah and we would have no progress so uh, therefore I, I i think yeah it's it's a problem you know if we are only discussing or if we are distinguishing between tangibles and intangibles i mean this this doesn't make sense anymore and if you go into a bank and you are going for lending for example yeah, the, the best chances you have if you have zero tangibles, yeah, if you do not have any buildings uh, or, or something like this, yeah, but if everything is rented, yeah, or leased, and if you have big revenues and big profits, then you are the best guest of the banks, yeah. So, so uh, on, yeah. So, so uh, sorry, know, can we, can we, the, I mean, yeah. if I think about it a bit philosophically, right, I have a seed. And I see, mm -hmm. a seed eventually turns into a, perhaps a tree and the tree bears fruit. Let's take an apple tree for, for the sake of example. Yeah. At the seed stage, the seed already contains, from an idea point of view, the entire value of the fruit. Yeah. I mean, exactly. sure, the labor has to go in. You know, you know, you have to water it. You need that time. I think time is a critical factor for the tree yeah. to grow and eventually to produce fruit. But once it's there, it produces fruit mm -hmm. for a period of years, right? So, exactly. I mean, yeah. then the question is, is the seed the intangible and the fruit is the tangible or is the tree already the tangible? So, you know, when does an intangible become a tangible? I think that would be very interesting because the, when I look back to my own story with this particular investor, uh, we already had some revenues and we already had... Um, a product that was built on this intellectual property. So, you know, you cannot call it an intangible from that point of view. There is already value attached to it. Now, I'm just thinking through all these balance sheets of organizations across the world. And, and I think, you know, the panel that we've both been on uh, last year at that family office event, uh, Vipo had just announced a week earlier, if I remember correctly, it was unlocking um, IP for finance, uh, 71 trillion US dollars in value. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. when I look at, at the implosion or the explosion of a bank, the major bank, uh, it's relatively small compared to 71 trillion. You, you, you know where I'm coming from? So if we could really <laughs> leverage those intangibles and, and, and consider, you know, these half-baked apple trees, let's, let's put it this way, uh, already of value, and and have the ability to to measure them 
then perhaps, you know, certain organizations would not be bankrupt. They would not have problems with liquidity. They would have not problems finding another fundraising round. They wouldn't even have to worry about, um, you know, uh, uh, giving up equity. They could simply put up their, yeah. their intellectual capital, um, mm -hmm. you know, as a collateral. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. Well, I mean, and, um, you know, the example with a seed um, is, is a very good example because at the end of the day, um, a patent or an innovation is like a seed, yeah, which is um, and then growing and it has uh, the DNA yeah, in, inside. And this is maybe the important thing that investors would like to invest, of course, in a company who not have by accident one patent, for example. Yeah. But where the DNA is to invent and to have a good employees and, and really good research to develop new things and, and therefore to be uh, yeah, able to invest in that company and to, to believe as well in the possible upside. Um, but yeah, you mentioned a lot of things. Yeah, so and I had always some uh, ideas. Um, I, I try to to uh, yeah to summarize a little bit. Uh, well, when you said yeah about the huge amount of uh, intangible assets, um, and where does an intangible become a tangible? Well, sometimes never. Uh, but you can make big business out of it. Yeah, look at Uber. Does Uber have own cars? No. Does Airbnb have own rooms, hotels? No. So it's their business model. Yeah, the business model, and this is all no, only based on intangibles. Yeah, it's nothing else. Yeah, what they have, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and and therefore, um, it, at the end of the day, it's it's a huge amount, and of course, this is what drives uh, the products, what drives innovation. Yeah, and and not. Um, yeah, building some uh, something out of concrete. Yeah, you can do, of course, a lot of things. But here as well, if you do not have innovation for, for example, new materials, yeah, develop new materials or new energy sources yeah, or whatever, so you will have no progress. Yeah. So, so and therefore, the tangibles will have no value at the end of the day. Yeah, because if everybody can do it, then what's the what's the selling proposition yeah or what's the added value of the thing what you do yeah i i i very much i mean this now i have so many ideas uh, <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know where to start really but uh, you know a lot of people talk about uh, a social credit system you know people should be rewarded uh, for the good things they do and and maybe not rewarded for you know other things they may not do or they may do <laughs> whatever yeah. um, but, but who is the judge Excuse and who is the, who is the that, judge? Absolutely. I mean, that that's yeah. all there. Uh, at the end of the day, we sh we, we have an inner compass, but uh, I I feel you know this is this is not this is sort of getting lost. Uh, we we out we're trying to outsource that inner compass to some AI algorithm in the future. Um, but yeah. then this, the question is, who programmed that one? But that's a different uh, topic altogether for another session. But I guess you know what what would no no excuse me excuse me just keep your question but this is a very very important thing you know because before i forget it yeah you know i'm quite old now and uh, i forget things but uh, this is a very important thing yeah you know uh, in uh, ipr we have the so-called copyright yeah mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if, if you write a book if you write an article or whatever then mm -hmm. uh, this belongs to you yeah it's you have a copyright i think over 90 years or something like this it's a very mm -hmm. long period so if chat gbt yeah is producing an article who mm -hmm. owns the copyright of it mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Good question. So I, let me let me make it more complicated for you. In my entire yeah. Substack, I have yeah. one article of which one fourth was written by ChatGPT. Everything else mm -hmm. is 100% me. Okay, yeah. um, with some quotes and so on, which, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. of course I you know I I properly assign, but. Um, I wondered whether anybody will discover this or whether this article will perform better or worse against others. I found mm -hmm. that quite interesting. To be honest, I don't have a I don't have a good answer. I mean, I, I really don't. Um, but the origin of the question that I had and, and the link back to say a social credit system, there is no there's no intellectual uh capital credit mm -hmm. system. You see, if the innovators in uh, society would actually yeah would actually be credited with with mm -hmm. the progress that, that, that they are offering to society, not in the form of, you know, you apply for a patent, you get a patent, you have a monopoly, like you said earlier, it's linked to you. Yeah. If you would mm -hmm. donate this for, for the betterment of the society globally, for example, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, does that give you any benefit in any way? Yeah, no. I don't currently know. not. Yeah, of, of course, you know, there is a law in, in Germany and I think in Austria. So if an inventor who is employed at a company and is inventing mm -hmm. something, he can receive a, a bonus, yeah, a okay. kind of royalty. Um, but um, yeah, and the hate it, it depends, of course, on the on the status, yeah, that uh, the current employee has. So therefore, there is a kind of, uh, yeah, of, of bonus uh, existing. But um, yeah, that's all. Yeah, and and I think your idea or what you mentioned is uh, having a, a credit system for innovation. Um, yeah, is very good. Yeah, but, you know, to put it know... very bluntly. Sorry, but to put it quite bluntly, yeah. if I take yeah. my dog out, and excuse my listeners, but if the dog shits on the street and I'm not cleaning <laughs> that up, you know, and the camera sees me. And says, "Hey, this is Toby. You know, we, we're gonna remove five points from him just for the sake of example. But at, you know, so I'm gonna, I will be discredited in some way. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Let's take this uh, for the moment. But then at the same time, if I invent something, you know, that uh, easily purifies the water for you know hundreds of millions of people in in emerging countries and rural villages, I, I, there's nothing I'm gonna." <laughs> At the end of the day get for that potentially you know in yeah. terms of social uh, credit right so mm -hmm. so i think you know that there needs to be i think first of all um i think the, there's an interesting aspect considering creativity and innovation capabilities of a person that intellectual capital mm -hmm. and using that in if, if ever any such mm -hmm. system would would hit the earth you know it has it has yeah. to play a part because if we don't encourage those, those, and to me, everybody is an inventor, everyone, you know, I, I live by the mantra, scratch your own itch, and everybody has an itch, I'm disturbed by this, or I would like to have that, or everybody has ideas, you know, just imagine if everybody could mm -hmm. use these ideas, to me, the ideas, yeah. not everybody has the capability to execute them, that's, that's a given, Exactly. but exactly. everybody has the ability to receive an idea, which is unique to their life situation and no two are quite alike, right? And with receiving that particular idea, it, it can definitely benefit others. So by sharing that openly, we should be able to get some benefit out of that. I yeah, think we yeah. have a different society.
Yeah, Toby, excuse me, there was a break. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, the internet connection is not that good. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, so um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm uh, very, very frankly, I'm completely against any credit system. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's clear for me, you know, because uh, first of all, the problem is who will be the judge? Yeah, who will judge what is good mm -hmm. and what is bad? And on the other hand, very often, the scientists have done uh, a lot of inventions um, in the name of the good and their result was uh, something bad. Yeah, <laughs> And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the biggest um, uh, uh, issue is especially in the space of uh, sustainable technologies yeah where they want to develop something very good and very unique for the for for the world but um, yeah i don't i think i don't need to open the topic with rare metals and what they're doing in in africa and um, electromobility and batteries and, and all that stuff so you see there is always something negative yeah um as well in science and in innovation, or there can be something negative, and therefore uh, you cannot credit uh, it. But I'm against punishment, and I mean, if you have um, kids, then you know that uh, punishment does not work because they will find a, a different way, yeah, <laughs> to go around, to work around, and uh, yeah, and it's and, and it's not a good method, yeah. And there the may be another invention coming right out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There may be, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, not everybody is able to make innovation, you know, to be innovative. Mm -hmm. There are other guys who are very good in processing. So when they have the idea where to go, yeah, they know exactly the way where how to go from A to B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, while the inventors do not go do not know the way how to reach the B. They know very well the A, but not not the B. Yeah. Well, they, they and, know the origin and, and maybe they have an idea of the destination, but the way. It's a, yeah. it's a very long and winding road. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I get it. Look, I, mm -hmm. Just just on that on that topic, uh, you know, who is the judge? Mm -hmm. That's what I meant by inner compass. I mean, I had some patterns, especially linked to the metaverse. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but I I started to write them down, and at some point, I literally, you know, I threw the paper away. Um, because I realized, you know, even though intellectually, as an intellectual capital, as a knowledge, as a perhaps even on the on the monetization side, it would be superbly tempting and interesting, but it would result in a in in a it's like a zero or one, you know. You could use it for good, but you could use it also for utter evil. And you know, who not only who is the judge, but who has control. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's another aspect of it right so so i i just dropped it and and i think you know i would agree on that sense but just on another another thought is you know when you look at inventory like you know if you see houses and property and so on there's a limit i mean the earth is only this big right i mean technically there's a a, a limit to the actual you know number of properties that you can buy if you own the whole earth it's yeah. But in the case of, I'm just asking myself, and I know this is also again a bit philosophical, in intellectual property, is there truly a limit as to what anybody can invent? No, I think by definition it is infinite. Uh, so you can, uh, yeah, develop a lot of things, yeah, endless yeah, at the end of the day, because it's well, one is leading to the next, yeah. 
invention well, and very well, often you know the inventions are based on other inventions yeah and so it's yeah. going on and on and on and on but just to mention one thing you know the, the problem that we have currently as a society from my point of view is not the the number on, on inventions that we have they are too less or, or whatever mm -hmm. i think we have a huge a tremendous uh, number amount on, on inventions globally but it is how to preserve them how to conserve them how to share them as well with emerging countries or third countries like africa for example mm -hmm. how to share knowledge yeah? mm -hmm. and one of the important examples i always give as well in my in my lectures is that uh, from approximately 900 uh, after christ until 1500 in europe there mm -hmm. was no knowledge about the screw you know, mm -hmm. the, the screw, mm -hmm. there was no functional screw because the knowledge was completely lost in lost in, in, in the Central Europe. Yeah? And the knowledge came over mm -hmm. the Arabs and then back from Spain, you know, mm -hmm. uh, came again back to the middle of Europe. And if you're going to museum, etc., and you're watching for, uh, yeah, screws from this period, you will see that they are not working. Yeah, they they have no function. Yeah, <laughs> that's an incredible story. I I didn't know that one. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for sharing. Yeah, but... and it's it's not by me developed. It's developed by the German uh, company Wirt. Yeah, yeah, they are probably the biggest producer also. of screws. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, they're yeah. from my area, so yeah. And 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 he yeah. has. I mean, Mr. Wirt has obviously uh, quite a lot of inventions in his name. But but uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's 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 again a different story. But just the fact of sharing. I think there is not enough incentivization. Maybe my term credit uh, score was the wrong word um, earlier, mm -hmm. but what I wanted what I wanted to say is I think there is not enough encouragement, you know, and no and hardly any incentivization other yes. than your own yes. own inner good, you know, to share. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. And, and maybe this is our big chance, you know, in in our uh, in our century where we live that uh, as well a private inventor can earn some some money can cash out maybe much more easily than in the past you know if you're thinking of of blockchains and then crowdfunding and then new technologies you know of, of sharing or licensing patterns yeah i can really good imagine that the monetization yeah will become um, much more easier as well you know for for private inventors or for small companies because uh, very frankly until now it's the business of the of the big uh, companies yeah, after right. Fortune 500. Yeah, so they are ruling and they are leading uh, the patent business and the patent world. Yeah. So, so this is interesting. So, if I'm a suppose I'm a smaller company, twenty to thirty employees. Yeah, and and they are how can I say? They are encouraging their employees with an incentive, uh, you know, to come up with with good ideas. Now you're right. Now with blockchain. Um, and and the mechanisms behind blockchain, you can very easily document each and every part of the ideation process, right? There are so many great tools out there. I mean, if yeah. if, if the listeners have an interest, uh, I think we are both happy to share. But personally, in in, in my own company, uh, we have this process. You know, you have idea ideation, right? And even that process already is not yet a a patent or an invention, but 
even the bits and pieces that lead to this could be well documented and then it becomes a, a materialization you know where, where where the where the seed already is you know it maybe it's not yet a fruit but it starts to grow right and then you commercialize it this is when you earn your when you start to earn your fruits but but then we come to the later point that you said with the sharing in the preservation how can we maximize the value how can it be even determine a value and then at the end of the day how can we preserve and use that particular value and i think this is this is something that i don't understand in the finance world mm -hmm. why is this not more you see i wrote an article i think three weeks ago about the current state of finance in the world and and this was before credit Suisse and all happened and i said look you've got to look at the middle east you have to see the de-dollarization this is all happening now I mean, it was weeks ago anybody could have seen it coming but you know now it is literally happening. And I said, take a look at gold. I mean, you know, we know what happened to that as well. And I think it's going to continue to happen for the, for the next five or 10 years. But what I do not understand is why the value of intellectual property does not play a bigger role in the, in the financial world and the investments that are done there. Even if you think about private shareholders, what can they do to consider or other ways for them, you know, to to invest in stocks or in companies? How can they figure out whether it's intellectual property, number one? And two, is there a way for them to find out whether that's uh, that's tangible or meaningful? Uh, open answer. Yeah, 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 clear. clear. So, the, of, of course, I mean, the main the main problem that, that banks or VCs or whoever has is how to value uh, patents yeah, or IPR intellectual property rights with which methods if the, the the patent is currently not in a product you know or uh, yeah is not or, or in a license agreement you know where there are no revenues and mm -hmm. there is only a future potential yeah and um, you know a patent is like an option yeah you have an option that maybe yeah, in 20 years, you will have an upside. But one thing is for sure, after 20 years, you will have a downside because the value will drop to zero. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so and this higher. is, of course, something w which they yep. do not like. So they don't like to, to make bets um, on a probably upside, but on a sure downside that the value will be sure zero in 20 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the thinking is, of course, in bonds, yeah, going in corporate bonds for, oh, I have 20 years sure my um uh, i mean they know and they have the feel that due diligence uh, they are missing a big part you know maybe the biggest part out of the due diligence and i'm always seeing you know the bankers and etc they're only looking at the result of the company which are profits which are revenues and then they feel good etc they have a good feeling you the know temporary like, state yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and not temporary, but everything they see now is built on decisions from the past, maybe five years ago, or 10 years ago, where they had good yeah. CEOs, where they had good research, and now they are earning the money. But what is with the future? Yeah, they have no KPIs, you know, which can show them that that a company is in risk yeah and we had some big defaults i don't want to mention some names here but we had some defaults uh, last year 
um, of, of companies. So who never guessed, you know, and, and, and this is the big thing. But in opposition to that, a patent is a forward-looking indicator. Mm -hmm. So, and a patent value especially, and it can show you what will be the future a potential future for a company yeah so if we take for example apple yeah i can't tell you what uh, how many revenues or profit will apple have in 10 years but one thing i can tell you that they will have interesting products yeah mm -hmm. and they will have innovations mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. what i can see from their patent portfolio yeah? mm -hmm. and and we have done and we're doing a lot of analysis as well in in the corporate bond sector you know where we have done our current uh, study um, what we have done is um, that we analyzed the companies which went into bankruptcy in the years 2012 to 2022, and have issued uh, corporate bonds mm -hmm. in that time. And mm -hmm. then we analyzed how many out of them had um, uh, patents or mm -hmm. patents. And the point is that if you are, choose corporate bonds or then equities, of course, who have patent value, the default rate is significantly lower. How much? Really, 20 times lower than um, if you do not choose uh, companies with, with patent value, with high patent value. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a very interesting finding. You know, what this is incredible. But the question, yeah. if I'm a private investor, how yeah. can I know that the, the innovation capability, the forward-looking uh, you know, intellectual capital in an organization which may transform into a into a financial capital for me and with returns right how can i know that how can i figure that out in a stock do you have i mean like how do i do that yeah so there, there are different uh, possibilities but if you're looking into big size patent portfolios uh, like uh, yeah, bigger companies, for example, then you can't do this by uh, yeah manually or looking into patterns or asking experts or whatever. So, therefore, we have developed here a method which is an algorithm. It's based on real transactions yep. Yeah, yep. from the past, and it's trained with real transactions. And we have different indicators up to 27, and we are able to analyze any company globally, and we do this every month. Yeah, for over 2 million companies. Uh, no, for the public list that it's 25,000 yeah, every month. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, and, and, and here we can determine a value range, you know, and this, and this is uh, how this works. And um, at the end of the day, you can then select better equities. You can enhance uh, your trading models. Uh, if you are a hedge fund, you can look into the company and see, okay, is this uh, an interesting one or what is mm -hmm. going on with mm -hmm. that company for venture capital, M&A, mm -hmm. for example. And yeah, and, and uh, only one thing at, at the end, you know, those companies are really rare going in the default. And why? Because yeah. if but... they are going into default, or it seems that they are going, somebody's buying them. Because, because they of want the value. intangible assets. Yes. Yes. Got exactly. It. So, so, so essentially, you you have a downside protection, and you have you maybe you have uh, you cannot completely predict the margin. I mean, but one thing is sure, you have the leverage. You know, the risk leverage that you have is extremely low. Yes. Extremely exactly. low. So, so yeah. let me put it this way. I mean, you know, this is a, this will be a free podcast, you know, because it's uh, Toby and friends. <laughs> so, um, and uh, uh, and obviously, you know, this is this is how it was meant to be. But um, if our premium members would be interested 
you know, to, to have some idea about without, of course, you making an actual recommendation to buy or sell. Uh, but if they would just have an interest uh, to know, you know, a few stocks, uh, you know, how what is their innovation capability based on those metrics that you have mentioned? Um, if, if they would be curious to find out uh, and they would email me, would you would you care to take a look? No, of course we can okay. do this. Yeah, That'll we can cool. do this. And and by the way, we, we have as well an, an own index which is um, issued uh, by Nasdaq. So mm -hmm. it's not our own, but with our methodology, it's a Nasdaq index. Okay. The ticker is NCX, mm -hmm. and um, and based on that index is an ETF issued by Invesco. The okay. ticker is QQQS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you can watch as well inside. You see as well the equities which are selected. Okay. Okay, so those equities are particularly percent are in the healthcare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the healthcare sector. Yeah, mm -hmm. because okay. you know that, that is the, the, the as well one important message because uh, the number of patents does not correlate with the value. Yeah, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. course everybody knows that Apple or Samsung have thousands of patents and they have tremendous value. That's clear mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but. Um, if you have a company which has 50 patents, yeah, a small cap, for example, then mm -hmm. you, you can't know it. Yeah? And we have many examples, you know, where we have um, companies uh, yeah, from eastern part of the world, let's say that way, who have 500 or 1,000. And they're claiming this on their website and saying, wow, we, are, we have a huge patent portfolio. But if you look at the value, then it's really small. And why? Because... These are not real patents, but these are utility models, which is a small patent. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not proven by the patent office. It's granted. You can file whatever you want. So it's let's say more or less a marketing uh, tool. Yeah, for mm -hmm. for those companies. But investors can't know this. They cannot know this. They can only know this if they look into the value. For example, what we provide, and then total assets or to the market cap is so small. It's yeah, it's real zero so this you know this actually reminds me of uh, i don't know the exact statement of of bruce lee but at one point he said something along the lines of you know i'm not uh, uh, worried about the the person who practices 10,000 different kicks but who practices one particular kick 10,000 times <laughs> just as an example <laughs> so you know you that's you, good you, i didn't you, use you may only have one patent, you know, but that could be a killer, you know. <laughs> so the value is not determined by the number of patents. I get that now. Um, and I think, you know, the... the, the and here is a good example from the history. Yeah, there's a good example. You know, in, in the 20s, uh, there was the German company called Pfaff. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. you know them. They are, they are building or they have built uh, sewing machines. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And they had oh. the idea or the inventor had the idea to put the hole on the needle mm -hmm. um, at... At the head of the needle, mm -hmm. yeah, not mm -hmm. at the back, yeah. Yes. And this was all the patent, and that's this was it. the killer patent. Yeah, that's it. That was the story of Pfaff, and gave them twenty years, you know, monopoly on those sewing machines. In, and in those twenty years, they would file additional, additional, additional. Of course. To, you know, to, yeah. to create finer and finer, and and it's like a net, right? It's it's yeah. like a net of patents across a core point, which at some point. Um, would have expired, but you know, then you would have already started to branch out and use other parts of the of the intellectual capital. Okay, very very interesting. So yeah, I think, yeah. you know, but here you have to take care, you know, because if you're a supplier, then uh, to somebody who is a top tier, 
yeah mm -hmm. then um, you may have a problem because they are doing this as well so mm -hmm. they are taking your product and they're making improvements yes. they're making enhancements they are filing the patents referring when you go to the your next year mm -hmm. yeah and when you go next year to discuss about uh, the price yeah then they tell, tell you oh you know what <laughs> okay. we should talk again about this you know that is interesting <laughs> so look in uh, first of all super interesting and also thanks for sharing your anecdotes i mean i i didn't know this about the screws i still have to think about yeah, that yeah. now we now we have come from screws to nails so this is a, <laughs> i think this is a nice conclusion to this particular session and and i think we could do many many follow-ups but i i think in conclusion we can say mm -hmm. um ip backed intellectual property backed assets loans stocks equities etc carry less leverage, less risk, yeah, um, lower downside, uh, but potentially higher upside and more sustainability, right? More sustainability from an investment perspective. So if somebody doesn't know what to do, investing in IP or investing in innovation, you know, in addition to purely looking at numbers, which can be very yeah. misleading these days. Um, exactly is yeah. probably not a bad move yeah no no we have as, as well you know we have a we are offering as well services you know for different other groups we're not only selling you know our signals etc and one of our clients is, is bdc is the business bank of canada and they set up a a fund it's approximately 170 million dollars canadian dollars and uh, they're doing corporate lending um, mm -hmm. based on IP and we are doing the valuation, you know, mm -hmm. for their targets mm -hmm. uh, and the potential, um, yeah, borrowers and, um, and they are going pretty well. I think it's the second or third time it's, uh, it's their honor because they have really brilliant uh, returns. They have no defaults. They're going very well. And, uh, we are aiming as well to do something similar in Europe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we want as well to set up. A so IP backed uh, lending. A it's a bank for wait, which you can. It's a non bank, maybe we can call it a non bank. Yeah, but... we're an intermediate. Yeah. Okay. We want to set up an intermediate where we will give guarantees on on patent value to the, the lending banks. Oh, got it. So got if it. there is a lending bank who wants mm -hmm. to, uh, who did the due diligence but uh, does not know about the patents of the company, then we could give a guarantee. Uh, amount on the certain uh, patents. Super. Look, Andreas, thank you so much. I think this is the missing link in the finance world from a liquidity perspective, yeah. especially in those times. Um, that merits for a separate discussion, uh, maybe uh, under Toby talks. <laughs> uh, this was more like, a, you know, uh, I wanted to introduce you as a friend because I found it uh, super interesting um, when we exchange on that panel. So mm -hmm. once again, I... I really want to thank you for your input and um, I hope uh, we see each, uh, see each other again soon and we can catch up uh, on a separate show uh, in, in the next few months. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Toby. I'm really honored to be um, yeah, on, your, uh, on your show, let's say, or on your podcast and uh, yeah, we'll do it again, hopefully. Perfect. Thanks, Andreas. All the best. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining this episode of Toby and Friends. Have a question? Want to share your knowledge? Let us know in the comments. And a reminder, 
premium subscribers get access to all Toby and Friends videos. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Toby and Friends.